Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. As always, we got Tyler on the board. How are y'all doing today? Good. Great. Ready for the Water Tower uh, Festival? Yeah, it's a little hectic around here. Yeah, we're getting ready. We're uh, I know y'all have heard us talk about Water Tower Festival, but we are uh, running the judging. Uh, the we're or- organizing. organizing the barbecue side of things. That's probably what we're going to talk about today is organizing barbecue contests. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of cooking barbecue contests, but the Water Tower last year was our first year to actually organize a contest. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So a lot goes into it. A lot more goes into it than just showing up and cooking a contest. Yes. And I knew that going in, but I guess I didn't realize just how much. It takes a lot of people. Yeah. I th- and you're the ultimate prepper, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to be prepared. I was just like, let's just wing it. Y'all team show up here. We'll get some judges to show up. We'll make this happen. <laughs> it's like, it's that easy. That makes, you know? Oh, that. That makes me get hives. <laughs> we've done. We've. I, I, if y'all would have been in the office, y'all would have seen us. Like they've they've been practicing on how they're going to do this thing. We just did it last year. Did y'all forget? We've not done this before. <laughs> it's it's like, just a refresher. Yeah, it's for all the new kids on the block. Mm-hmm. They fake filled out some <laughs> scoring. <laughs> there was a lot going on there. It's going to be a well-oiled machine. Comes. It, it, exactly. Hey, if we mess this up, it's it's not my fault. I promise you. <laughs> Y'all have practiced. You ought to be doing this in your sleep. I think you did wake me up last night, Chelsea. Is the judging, is the judging scorecards there? I'm like, what are you talking about? We're still three days away. You told me I was talking in my sleep a lot. <laughs> you night. kept waking me up, checking on things. <laughs> <laughs> what time's turn in? <laughs> you don't worry this much when we do a contest. Like, we're even at the jack. You're like, <laughs> but you mess up this little Hernando <laughs> backyard amateur contest. We got problems. <laughs> it's different when you're organizing Charge, it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. You want it to run. We want it to run fair. We want it to be, you know, as perfect as smooth. can be. Yeah. I'm more, I want it to be good from the team side of things. Yeah. That's what I worry about. Me too. I want them to feel like they've got a fair shake, that they had a good time. I think you like running from the police side of things. <laughs> what is, that like? is, it, is it by the law? We're going to have to arrest anybody or throw anybody out or something. <laughs> you don't agree? Shellway. Yeah, Shellway. <laughs> what else has happened? Um, have you seen the new uh, TikTok challenge going around? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the Pocky one chip? No. Man, people have been wrecking themselves on that one chip challenge. I tried the last one. Like, I didn't eat the whole chip. I ate like a corner of me and Michael did in the kitchen. Y'all pretty much shattered it into a bunch of little pieces. It's probably one of the it's worst like decisions. It was, it was up there. I say this a lot, but there's, <laughs> it's one of the worst decisions of my life. <laughs> that stuff is, first off, is the nastiest taste of yeah. chip on the planet. And then, I don't know what they put in it, but it is like, Straight from like hell's door. I mean, it is horrible. It is, it'll burn you down. It does not stop. And now they've done added some blue dye to it to where it dyes your mouth blue. Have you seen people doing it? Uh-uh. What? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it's crazy. I've been watching people that like, there's this one guy I was laughing so hard. He was like, I make hot sauces and nobody can eat my hot sauces, but it's like, you know, candy to me or whatever. I can do this no problem. He gets it down, he swallows it, and it don't kick in for a second. 
And when he does, he's like, Burr! and it's just got him. And he can't do nothing about it. And he's trying to be tough. And he's just this big, you know, I, I don't know, tattooed up dude yeah. sitting there on his front porch trying to take this chip. And it's dying. just killing him. Yeah. He starts hauling for milk. And he hollers for his wife to go turn on the water. I mean, he's, it's got him. And he's like, it ain't bad. And then it's, I mean, it's over. You can just see it in his face and he had messed up. <laughs> the one you and Michael did, I took just a crumb, like the tiniest little crumb just to yeah. see. It was horrible. I can't imagine eating the whole chip. I honestly did not think that that chip would be that bad. I know. I've actually bought the the Pocky uh, ghost pepper chips before, and they're pretty good. They have decent flavors. Not a bad chip. You know, it's spicy, but it's not, it's not misery. Yeah. This is like to a, another degree. Tyler, did y'all try it when we brought this? I brought part of that. You didn't even try it. I've never done it before. I, oh, yeah. I need you, you need to do the blue one then. Unless <laughs> record it. We'll bring it in. Yeah. Why not? My first podcast yeah. debut is going to be the yeah. Pocky Chip Challenge. Heck, yeah. You don't All have to right. do it on camera. I just want to watch. <laughs> it's, really for my, it's really for my pleasure. going to bring it to LA next week. Hey, I had a Pocky Chip for you, Tyler. Yeah. What were you talking about? I just jumped all over your topic. It's called hashtag sleepy chicken. Have no. you heard about it? What is it about? Um, it's about livestock? Cooking chicken in NyQuil. Oh, hey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did they use to call it in high school? It was, what did they used to call it? Uh, robo-tripping? Yeah, robo-tripping. <laughs> that was where you just drank a bunch of robotussin. Yeah. It's like that, except you cook it in chicken. You can't cook NyQuil in chicken. Like, you make a glaze. NyQuil, yeah. You know how nasty that would be? I mean, no. I, you know, I, if I'm sick, I'm going to take me some NyQuil. It knocks me out. Oh, it's that head, chest, stuff. and cold medicine. It'll clear you up. You'll sleep good. You might no, they're wake boiling up, the you. chicken in NyQuil. This is some idiots here. <laughs> Boil a chicken in NyQuil. How, how much NyQuil? Like water and NyQuil? You don't know that. I'm not sure. The CDC has released a Do not do it. This no. is up there with the Tide Pod people. Like, yeah, you know, they're yeah. going to have to put a... They're just doing the, it What's going to happen is Vix is going to have to come in and put a new disclaimer on the bottles of NyQuil. Do, do not, not boil chicken in it. You know? <laughs> like a card you before you buy it. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, you already have to do that. Like you got to be 18 to buy NyQuil. That's like right. a Robitussin, too. Um, so the warning that the CDC issued said the boiling the medication can make it more concentrated. Oh, they should have never said that. <laughs> You're supposed to boil it, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I not? <laughs> It says, even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medica- medication's vapors while cooking can cause high levels of the drugs to enter your body. What drug is it that it's saying? Uh, it listed them, but it's, I mean, it's just a Benadryl effect, the di- diphenhydramine or whatever. Yeah, in it, right? it that's listed, what makes you sleepy and tired. It listed a couple of them. Yeah. I didn't think there. Was, I mean, there's maybe some alcohol like in that. it. I fear the alcohol would cook off. Yeah, I figured it would. And then just concentrate free base, not quill. Free base, Yeah, I hadn't heard. I hadn't seen that, but I, I guarantee. Well, my phone's not in here. If it was, it would have listened to me. And when I get back to the, my office, I'll start talking about cooking chicken and knockwood and see if it pops up. I just love the hashtag Sleepy Chicken. <laughs> sleepy Chicken is chicken the only thing they've done it in? That's all. Like, I could say. you boil ramen noodles in it? <laughs> yes. Ramen, ramen. Hashtag sleepy ramen. <laughs> sleepy ramen. Yeah, because I can see the kids doing that. What kids are just gonna get some raw chicken and boil it? Yeah, they'll end up putting nuggets or something in it. But if you told them they were cooking ramen, Michael would be at home. And then, hey, y'all got any Nyquil in the cupboard? <laughs> Making some chicken ramen. <laughs> that would be so nasty. 
I know that stuff's nasty anyway. That um, takes the turkey uh, turkey coma to a whole that's new what thing. I was thinking, like tryptophan yeah. makes you tired from eating turkey. Cooking that Thanksgiving turkey with knife, baste it with NyQuil. Turn Thanksgiving down to 10. Yeah. <laughs> Boil your turkey That's in like real slow. That takes it back. You listen to Mike Jones before you know it. <laughs> Paul Wall and all of them. This week, we um, had a little, well, we had to go to Sam's for the Water Tower Festival. But we had a, a few extra minutes. You took a little stroll through the Sam's meat department. I did. I found some. Man, I feel a, a deal on some brisket. They didn't have any pork butts at Sam's for some reason, though. They but had all kinds of stuff. I thought they had some great meat. They did. I was I was impressed with the brisket. I mean, it wasn't like competition grade brisket. Yeah. You cooking them at home, that was a great buy. You could get a whole packer. They were 15, 16 pounds for around 50 bucks. Yeah. It's a pretty good, pretty good buy. Um, I think it was. Two ninety nine a pound, maybe. That's what it was. What else did you see that was interesting? Beef tongue. Beef had, to- had beef I, you tongue. know, I've been wanting to do some tongue tacos. I need to get some of those. I've never, I've never skin a tongue. I think you had to skin it first and then I, cook it, right? Yeah, I've You boil it first and then skin it. I watched Max the meat guy do it, and that's what he did. He boiled it and then skin it. He boiled it, skin it, and I guess there's sections. Yeah, I need to do it. Oh, I, I need think, to do it. I, I bet it'll be good. Would you eat it if I cooked the cow tongue? Yeah, yeah, I'd try it. But they had plenty of cheeks. They had uh, they had some oxtail. Shanks. They had shanks. They had... Flanking uh, ribs. Thick. They were kind of a little thick on the flanking ribs. I like mine a little thinner than that. The They had some really good looking steaks. Like the New York strips was marbled up. They weren't even listed as prime. But they were marbled like... As good as any prime I've seen. I, I agree. The ribeyes. The ribeyes, I didn't see. They were little. The ones in the case on the other side. Oh, they look a little better. Heck yeah, they were rocking. That's the first time I'd been to Sam's in a minute. So that's usually the first place I go, straight back to the meat department. See what all they have. It doesn't change a whole lot. Sometimes they have better stuff, though. We're fixing to go buy. So in our contest, we provide the meat. So that's why I had to go there to talk to the meat manager so he could order some ribs. So what are our categories? We're doing ribs. Uh, it's kind of a rib shootout, but we're also doing steak and we're doing uh, chicken, chicken wings. So yeah, ribs is the big the category. Steak, we got the ribeyes yesterday, and they are awesome. They're the eighteen fifty fives. We ordered them from Benny Keith. We got like nine whole ribeyes. Eighteen, they're they're prime eighteen. Nine whole ribeyes. Yeah, we're gonna cut steaks out of them. What's the average weight of a whole ribeye? Do you know? I would guess eight to ten pounds. Okay. Well, it may be a little bigger than that. We're going to try to get 11 decent steaks, 11, 12 decent steaks. Per ribeye? Yeah, and they'll be about a pound each, so I hope they're, I hope they're 14 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> we, usually what we do is we drop the ends, and typically at a steak contest, you see them cut them like an inch and a quarter, and that's a, anywhere from a 14 to a 16-ounce steak. But we figured out that if we we use our brisket slicer, the one we sell on the website, and that's the width. The width of that knife makes a a really nice ribeye. Oh, it's the, probably about an inch width, and a half. The, yeah, the width this way. The blade. So what we do is we lay, you know, make your drop your end piece, turn that blade sideways, and kind of get a gauge, and then cut your steak, and just walk it down the ribeye using the blade of the knife as the width. Oh, that's a good yeah. trick. As long as you got that big slicer. Yeah. Which I, th- I don't know what it's considered. It's going to be. I need to measure that. I don't know what it is, but it makes a thick ribeye. So how many um, total ribeyes 
will it be 60? I think we have 36 teams, so every team gets two. Do the math. 70. 72? 72. Look at y'all ciphering, (laughs) using that education. (laughs) You have to get out a calculator. What do you do with the drops? When you say you drop the end pieces, what it, what happens with those? Uh, they go to deer camp. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with them? There's all the kind of, I mean, cook them for one, but we, yeah. yeah, I mean, you could do, we can grind them. We can, uh, you know, cut them up, use them as stir fry. We can cook them as little steaks. We'll do all kinds of stuff with them. Yeah. Cheese steaks, I bet they'd be good. They're really good. Sliced up thin. Yeah, I'm excited about the drops. <laughs> <laughs> they usually cut the tails off. I probably I don't know if we'll cut the tails off for the contest. But I think that's up to the team. Yeah, because they might. I like using the tail to season my grill. Yeah. So I'll get a steak at a steak contest, trim it the way I want, and use that tail fat or the drop to go ahead and get on my grill and get it seasoned and get it, get the grate right. Also, if you're putting in a probe, I've seen them where they'll use part of that tail meat. Because you only want the probe to go so far in, yep. you probe through that piece of meat on the side, of, you know, put it on the side of your steak, and then go into your steak. It kind of acts as a spacer, and it's a meat spacer, so you get a little accurate reading. Oh, that's that's a good. I never even thought about that. In. Yeah, works. Yeah, so we're providing the meat. We've got mm. a twenty five hundred dollar total payout. Um, one day contest. One day contest. It's one hundred and fifty dollars to enter. Can't beat that. Yeah, you can't beat that goodie bag you get all the meat in and out royal oak gave us some charcoal to give out Char- royal oak yeah we got all kinds of good sponsors that's all stuff i wanted to talk about what it when we get to talking about um what it takes to organize a barbecue contest so what does it take what's step one step one it's probably location that's what we say probably location. location is one of the most important parts you got to have a place to have it right yep um luckily in our town the um, it's like we've got like a historic town square, and there's a little off street off uh, offshoot street, and it makes a little L into another little parking lot, and they've been using it for years as part of their uh, annual. It's kind of a wrap up to a farmers market, a lot of vendors. It's a it's, it's, it's a community festival. it's a community fall festival. Yeah. yeah, they'll have bands playing, but they've had a barbecue contest there, man, probably for. I don't know, 15 years? Wow. Give or take. They might have missed a few years because different different people have ran it and it's been different things. But um, it got last year, they actually were looking for new volunteers to help help take over. They were going to get rid of the barbecue thing. And we said, well, since we had opened up the shop here in town, we'd love to help out. And we, I think we volunteered to help the year before and we never never got asked because we were cooking it. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I, I started out cooking that contest. It was a fun one to cook. Just because it's a backyard amateur contest. So. Yeah. So yeah. having that location to cook it is really important. Barbecue Alley. Yeah, is that what, what you call it? Barbecue yeah. Alley? Um, that's not what you call it. That's what they call it, right? Yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, it used to be an overnight contest. Like you showed up on Friday and cooked overnight very much like an MBN. So. Yeah, that, I think that was because the Memphis and May Network, Back in the day, was the big prevalent barbecue association in our area. It never was a sanctioned contest, but they had some of the judges and people, the reps that run Memphis and Mayor MBN style contest, would help them. That's how they originally set it up. And those were set up, uh, it was ribs and pork. They never did whole hog, but you would do pork butt and you would do ribs. 
And then usually they would do some ancillary. So they would have seafood and beef and chicken and all that. They ran Dessert. it just like, yeah. yeah, they ran it like a, a Memphis and in style contest. And the teams kind of fell off from that. The entry fees were high. There was no payout. You know, it was, I mean, it's just a community thing. They didn't attract a lot of money. But, you know, teams just, there was only a handful of teams that still wanted to do that. And I think that's why it lost interest. So when we come back, we was like, let's make it team-focused. And that was how we come up with the idea of doing the contest the way we did, make it a one-day contest where anybody that has a grill can come out and cook, provide the meat for them, um, you know, make the categories easy to where you can cook it in one day. And so that kind of eliminated the the pulled pork side of things or the pork butt side. But we added a ribeye contest, and then we made the chicken a chicken wing contest. So, And there's yeah. still room to grow that. You could have other ancillaries and to go with ours. We just didn't do it, but. Every ancillary you add, you got to have the judges and the whole organization behind it. You know, that was that takes us to our next thing. After you got your location, you got to have teams, so you got to have a reason for them to come, and then you got to have judges. So that's the three aspects that. So, do you say you need one judge per team? Is that kind of the um, way? I've seen it done different ways. You know, like some contests, they will just have. Uh, judging tables based on the nub- number of entries. So they might have one judging table per 10 to 15 teams. And they'll run a bunch of entries through one table. If they got more than 10 or 15, t- so if they got 20 teams, they would make two tables and you would have two judging tables. So for ours, it's kind of loosely based on a KCBS style of judging where you have a judge per team. And that just gives you a really good sample of, of scores to where you're not expecting one table to to try every single entry yeah. that comes through there. That's what makes it hard. You want it to be fair, um, but you also want to make sure that the team's entries are, you know get judged by enough judges. So they're going to get each sample is going to get at least six scores. That's the whole goal. You get six scores now. Yeah, each sample gets six scores, and each judge tries six, six entries per, per round per category. So you're looking at it if you're a judge and you're judging three categories. You're going to have 18 entries that you have to try. After you've tried 18, you can't really taste yeah. that anything <laughs> else. And we're also doing a kids, and we're going to ask some of those judges to do kids, so they'll get six more. Yeah. So that's 24 samples you've tried in a day, and yeah, you're only supposed to take a bite. What if it's really good and you want to eat the whole thing? So that was what we were thinking. We were trying to figure out a way to simplify it, make it easy, and make it fair for the team. So if you're a judge and you show up at a contest and you're expected to judge, let's say, 20 chicken legs <laughs> – yeah. Just hypothetically, <clears throat> 20 chicken legs. By the time you get to the 15th chicken leg, you're going to be like, hey, probably screw these chicken legs. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't want chicken legs no more. Bring me some steak. Yeah. And you don't want to get them burned out. And that's, exactly. I think that's why it works the way it does too. But we've figured out now is it harder to get that many judges? Yes. You have to have a really good network of people you can pull from. You have to make sure they understand your scoring system. Um, you know, you want it to be fair. You want all, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have some good tables, some bad tables. You can't stop that. You're gonna have some judges that judge lower than yeah. you know, but there's gonna be an average, and that's what you're kind of shooting for. And we and what we did was we we explained to the judges uh, kind of an easy system of what we're doing. We took out this whole nine or ten point scale. Ours is based. I've, I should have brought one of the scoring cards in here. I've always hated with KCBS. Um, the judging is one to nine. Yeah. But they don't want you to judge except seven, eight, and nine, <laughs> and maybe a six. 
Well, then why do you even have those numbers available, right? <laughs> yes. Right. I understand why you have a one. If something screws up, you can give it a one, or you know, if you're not giving it a zero. I just, but especially for new judges, and if you're using local people, yeah, yeah. It, it overcomplicates it. Yeah. So, so we've still weighted our factors. Like we're judged on three criteria: appearance, appearance. <laughs> I just made up a category. That's when you know it's yeah, good. Yeah, that's when you know it's good. You give it that appendix score. But no, it's judged on appearance, taste, and texture, which that's the three things that, that, that makes up an in, a, a food, I would think. So does it look good in the box? Does it taste good? Do you like that flavor? And is the tenderness or the texture of it just right? How it doesn't get any easier than that. And then instead of doing a one to nine or a one to 10 score, we just, what, what's the numbers that we give? One them? to five. One to five. I and mean, we just took some numbers. One out is poor, five is excellent. Yeah. And then let it be in between wherever you want. Yeah. And each category has got like appearance is the least weighted. So your appearance score, if you, if you tank on the appearance, it don't hurt you as much. Um, if you, if it really tastes good, taste to me was the most important. So that's our heaviest weighted. And tenderness is the middle of the, Middle of the pack as far as a weight goes on your score because you got if it's I mean, you got to have it cooked properly to me that's what tenderness is is it over is it under is it just right there's not a, a lot of leeway I don't think you should see ones and twos really it's a three four five in ours yeah. category you know if something's a one they really screwed up like it's horrible <laughs> like I wouldn't even swallow a one I wouldn't even want to taste a one. That's if kind I, of what we tell the judge. Yeah, yeah. If I if if I won't eat it, it's it if, I don't, if I don't eat it, I'm gonna give it a one. Yeah. If I spit it out, it's a two. <laughs> if I can swallow it, it's a three. <laughs> you know, and then if it's okay, it's a four. And if it's great, it's a five. How easy that's is that? Yours. Yeah, that's yours. That's how I would go about it. It doesn't get any easier than that. Um, how would you do it? Was that how you would yeah, talk I mean, about them? Yeah. I like to, you know, be fair and make sure everybody gets a. Yep. Good shake. I'm more likely to over give scores than I am underscore. Yeah, I'm not a hard when it comes to bar. Not a hard judge. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a hard. I'm a fair. I think I'm a fair judge, but not a hard judge. Yeah, man. there's not you, to I, get the perfect score. You got to be good, but I'm not going to kill you if you if it doesn't look like you perfectly, you know, I arranged think, it in the box. Just you know, every minuscule degree of straightness. I think that. Judges that judge that hard have never cooked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've exactly. never turned I, I, in. I agree. Kind of, we judge from a cook standpoint. Yeah, what it takes to get that entry turned in like that. I know the work it takes, and I want to give them a fair score. But we also tell them, look, you can't mark the same score on everything because that's not what judging is in a barbecue contest. Everything can't be all fives or all tens. Well, what if it's all fives for them that day? It just—it's not true. You didn't, not everything's perfect like that. You've got to find that difference to what, I mean, I know it's not comparative judging, but it's not all perfect. There's no way you didn't have, what when you go to a restaurant, everything's not perfect in the restaurant. You know what I mean? What if it was that day? <clears throat> I mean, I guess it could, <laughs> but that's why we have six judges and six yeah, scores. Exactly. That's why you Because you've got five other judges that aren't going to think it's all perfect either. Yeah. And usually it shakes out with the waiting. You don't have to worry about tiebreakers and all that. In the event of a tie, what is shell law? <laughs> I like shell law. Uh, I don't know. Flip you go to the taste category first, and then you go. You break it down by categories. Oh, yeah, comparison. that's even better. Yeah. You go back to the scorecards. 
You look at taste first because that's the most important. Then you go to texture. Then you go to appearance. And if it's still a tie, you could flip, you flip coin. a coin. Yeah. yeah, that that seems the most fair. That's right. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, I feel like we kind of took um the our favorite parts of all the different sanctioning bodies that we've cooked in yeah. and made one and made that's, our own. That's what we did. I mean, we really did. And it made it super simple. And it works great. We've used it. We've used it several times, and we let other people borrow it and use that scoring system. If you're having a small local barbecue contest or yeah. friendly in a you know even in a neighborhood barbecue contest, it would work. Um, would it work for the royal or somewhere? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want think to, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we use the double blind system from SEA. Yeah, I like that. I love not knowing like you don't have a clue. Whose entry is what? Because even when we get it, we don't associate a box number with a ticket number. All we know is we give them half of a little event ticket, and then one half stays with the box. Scores go in. That number from that ticket gets entered in. We don't know who gave it to us, and we don't know till we call it out who won. There's no way to know. Yeah. I think that's great because everybody wants to come to the awards. And then, like, when you, even when you give out the printed list of, you know, where everybody finished, the results. Yeah. Even nobody the, knows the name then. Yeah. It's like you got to match your ticket up. So if you suck that day and we're dead last, nobody's going to know. I like the idea that we all find out together at the award ceremony. We the should call out last place, though, just to, so we can laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? When we were at the World Championship Steak Cook, uh, they had a last place yeah. award, and you got like something. I know exactly crappy. what we can do. We can get a, yeah. We, it was like a bottle of vodka. I was going to say we can get a bottle of curveball. <laughs> that would be great. We got get a one. bottle of curveball to the last place in each category. What's curveball? Oh, it's some smoked barbecue whiskey. <laughs> she actually sent me an email saying, what, do you, what, what did Malcolm think? I, he telling me he likes it so much he's giving it to his last place teams for, for, for a kind of co- consolation prize. <laughs> That's exactly what we're gonna do. <laughs> we'll have to go to the liquor store. He'll probably give us some. <laughs> Shout out to you our local sponsor. sponsor. Yeah, you want a sponsor? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 dog. <laughs> you just take this from the DL. <laughs> Gladly, let sponsor y'all there. But yeah, but I, I think that's really is a um, simplifying scoring for barbecue for barbecue judging is where it's at. Yeah. That when we were at the world championship, they no one came up and claimed that bottle of vodka. <laughs> it's like I don't know. The Nobody embarrassment wants it. is not yeah, worth not it. Worth it. There was always- Bushy would come get it. He's not <laughs> He's been working on his recipes. He's not coming in last this year. I don't know if he did last I think he did all right last year. Yeah. He just didn't win. He's been, yeah, yeah, he's been coming by the shop multiple times a week. To, he's he started a food truck since then too, so he's upped his game. Um, so talk about sourcing meat for contests well, or just in general for anything. So I use what I have available. Um, started at Sam's club with, for the ribs. We knew that was going to be a big one. I've cooked, I don't know how many slabs of Sam's club ribs in my life and pretty much the meat standard across the country. Yeah. You can go in when Sam's club was sponsoring KCBS contest. I mean, that was where a lot of people were getting meat and why they chose Sam's clubs because they were this standard. Across the country, oh, okay. so it's not the best you can buy, yeah, but it's a really good middle of the road, maybe even a little above middle. Yeah, of the road. I would think so. I don't have any problems with Sam's Club meat. Now we don't get our chicken from just because I hadn't 
that's a little too much chicken for what we're yeah. wanting to give teams. So I'm going to my local grocery store and I went back and talked to you know, y'all hear me talk about Steve, my butcher at Kroger. He's just a local neighborhood grocery store guy, but I went back to the back, talked to them, you know, get to know the people in the back. Then I can walk in there and say, Hey, you know, I need, and I did this a week ahead of time. I want to need 36 packs of family size chicken wings, which is about four pounds. Can you get those or add those to your order? I'm not asking for a deal or to sponsor yeah. it or anything. I'm just saying just to source them. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. No problem. I'll call you and let you know when they're here. And he called just a while ago. Say, like, hey, I got y'all's chicken wings ready. If you can pick them up today, you can or tomorrow morning, whatever. And so we'll go by there and pick those up. And so I did the same thing for the legs for the kids. They're getting the legs there. Now, <clears throat> we, as a business, we started buying some stuff from like a, one of these food service providers and, and, you know, if you're organizing a contest, you may not have access. You may not have, you know, access to Cisco or Benny Keith or U.S. Foods or somewhere like that. But you might know a business that does in town. And so it wouldn't hurt to talk to them. And that's that's kind of a lot of the stuff we did. We relied on our sponsors. And we'll talk about how we got sponsors, too. But I ordered this. We ordered the steaks from those. I mean, you could we could have got steaks from Sam's or steaks from Kroger as well. But we kind of had a relationship with our Benny Keith rep and he was, we knew they had the 1855 meat and I was like, man, that would be awesome to give everybody a really good steak to cook. So what is 1855? Cause you talk about, Oh, it's just their brand. I used to cook their briskets. They used to have some awesome 1855 briskets. I don't know if you can still get that. I hadn't asked them if they still have those, but it's just a brand. I want to say it's Swift. I'm not, don't quote me on what major company owns it now. But it's a it's a higher end brand of of meat. So they do pork and they do they used to do pork. I don't know if they still do, but I know they do ribeyes now. But who owns it? It's just like saying certified thing is beef. Okay. It's a brand. So it's a brand it's eighteen fifty five is their brand name. That's all it is. It doesn't say. Yeah. Just yeah. on their website. I don't know. Somebody'll probably let us know who owns it. Yeah. I think it's Swift though, but I'm not positive. Don't hold me to that. Do they only do beef? Uh, maybe now. It looks like they, they did have beef. some pork there for a while because I was cooking eighteen fifty five St. Louis cut ribs back in the day, Kansas City. I mean, the brand sold to some to one of the major people. I oh, think. okay. And they still market it, but it's usually higher end food service stuff. Okay, that's where you see it a lot of times. You don't see it. I don't see it in grocery stores anymore. There was a time you could find it in stores. So and there may think, be still some markets that it's sold in stores. You think it's more of a high-end restaurant? I just think it's better quality. Yeah, you it's, think that's the, who's buying yeah. a high-end restaurant? Yeah, they're just buying it for better quality. Better than just straight, like, commodity stuff, yeah. you would see. When you look at the marble when we cut it, when we get, cut these steaks tomorrow, you'll see the difference in them. It's closer to prime. Well, this is actually a prime grade that we got. So. They have a list of retailers. Oh, do they? Where yeah. they sell it? None in our area. A lot of stop and shops. Really, I didn't I have no idea what a stopping shop is. Like a lot, yeah. No, that was that was all. I'll always go on with that. It was when you go to get your meat, look for your local suppliers that you can start with. I mean, there's no set place where you have to get it from. What do you think about providing the meat that from a organizer from, a- from you know shell law standpoint? <laughs> <laughs> do you like that idea? I like the idea in theory a lot because it levels the playing field. And I feel like in a lot of these contests, like your KCBS, your MBN, sometimes the contest loses like your average guy 
because the guys that cook every weekend go and spend a thousand dollars on meat. Don't think twice about and it. And don't think twice about it. They're they've got bigger goals of team of the year and, you know, sponsorships and whatever. But you lose a lot of your local guys. So if you can keep that level and prevent that from happening, I think it's fair. And I think it keeps, you know, your average guy in there with your professional cook or whatever. So share law. <laughs> Let's keep everybody fair and equal. Let's don't set them apart. I don't like it. You want to bring your own. I want to be able to bring my own. If I want to spend $1,000 on one ribeye, by God, I want to be able to do it. I, I get that, yeah. Yeah. But do you think it— Do you want it, everybody to drive the same vehicle, too? Like, you all got to drive these little Prius hybrids? Come on now. <laughs> I see what you're saying. It does make it to where the little the little guy can play yes. without having to worry about. And, I, you know, it's, it weighs on me because would I rather buy Springer Mountain Farms chicken wings? Yeah, I know it's going to be better than what yeah. you're going to get at, you know, the Sanderson or whatever they are at Kroger. Or if I wanted to buy a, a ribeye steak from Kevin the Butcher, you know, and, and get some Wagyu or something like that, could I do that? That's what I would come to bat with if I could bring my own meat. Now, we put out in our rules that you can't bring no outside meat allowed. And if we catch you, you're disqualified. Shell law. Is this more Mikey law or shell law? Y'all didn't concert me on these laws. I was <laughs> like, I'll the same laws we yeah. did last year. I know. Um, it is. It didn't change anything. I mean, we just want people to play fair. Yeah, but I, it is a nightmare on the organizer side of things. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking. And the cost. Because I'm the one going and talking to Steve <laughs> and going and talking to the butcher at Sam's and squaring up all this stuff. And now we got to go pick it up. Then you got to ice it steak. down and yeah. keep it refrigerated. You got to cut steaks. You got all this other excess work from an organizer standpoint. You do. To where you wouldn't have none of that if people could bring their own meat. And, yeah. you know, we're giving them four slabs of ribs, two steaks, four pounds of chicken wings. That's a lot of meat. Yeah. And, and the know. cost has gone up considerably. Heck from last yeah. Year. I think our budget for the just the meat alone is going to be over four grand. Yeah. And so if it wouldn't have been for, you know, we were going to come out of it out of our pocket, but luckily we've had some sponsors step in and local businesses in the community that want to help out. So it helps, you know, but cover that's, some of that. That's four grand that we could have used towards a higher payout. payout. Yeah. Or raise, if we were raising money for a charity, could go yeah. to that, whatever. But that's, so I don't know if I would continue to do it. Yeah, the meat side. I, I yeah. get it. I get it. I mean, from a team standpoint, if you've only spent $150 to get in it, to get in a contest, they're paying out whatever we're paying out, the $2,500 total payout. You got a chance to get, you know, to win some money. Yeah. Then you're not having to buy meat. All you're doing is showing up with your charcoal to cook it and seasonings or whatever. And you got some cool awards. Why would you not want to cook that kind? And you're getting a goodie bag with, you know, you don't want you don't always get that. Yeah. I don't know. We wanted it. We wanted it to be. When, when you think about it, we were looking. At, I was looking at it from the team side of things. What make it great for teams? Yeah. And that does. It makes it great. And it makes everybody want to cook in it. From anybody with just a and it, homemade grill to whatever kind of smoker you have, it's you know it's going to be fair. And it's easier for a lot of teams if if they're getting it if they would get their meat from Kroger and Sam's anyway. Yeah, I'd rather show up and it's ready to go. They don't have to worry about sourcing their own meat and keeping it cold and stuff like that. So it's easier for the teams a lot of times. I, I guess it depends on where you're at. In your cooking. If you, you consider yourself a pro, you probably want to bring your own meat. Yeah. If you consider yourself just doing it for fun, or it's just you know 
to go out there and it's a, a backyard style contest, might as well. You probably want the beat provided for you. Yeah. Some people may not know how to go pick out a good ribeye. Yeah. yeah. But how are you making sure it's fair? <laughs> you just buy and then put it in bags and because oh, we don't do a picking? meat selection. Yeah. It's it's what you get. It's what you get. I yeah. mean, I, I feel like they they have ran some KCBS contests. Like I forget what they call them. It's like I don't know. It's where you just get a cooler bag and it's going to have chicken butt, brisket rib. You don't know what it is. There you go. Go cook it. So if you were interested in competing, and you uh, were looking into a KCBS contest, um, you don't have that big of a budget. You don't have that much experience. You show up and everybody's got $500 worth of meat and you've got your, you know, $50 so you got at Walmart. worth of meat. Yeah. Is it discouraging you from cooking again? I could see that. Yeah. I've seen some Walmart briskets win, but it's very rare, you know, because <laughs> I mean, and look at what it's doing to those organizations. It's making it harder for them to get teams. Some yeah. of them, but some of them, it depends on the contest too, because you can take a really ran contest that the that the teams love, where they get treated good, they know they're going to have good judging, and they're it's, showing up. They're showing up and cooking those, and they're selling out. You know, so it really depends. It makes it harder for the local contest if you were trying to start a new one. You know, yeah, just the small local yeah. ones for towns. You know, it's kind of like controlled chaos back there when you start judging. It is because people are turning in entries, and you're getting them around and. I think you need a good table captain for every table. That's who kind of controls the flow. Of course, you need a turn-in table to turn the entries in, and that's who you know looks at it, gives you a ticket, sends it back to the back, and then it usually goes to one stop. And then those table captains come and get the entries, and they walk them to their judges, and they show them the entries, and they give them the scorecards to mark them, and they make sure they're legible, and they make sure the ticket – it goes in the right envelope with the right scores. It's all hinges on those table captains. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have people, and you think about it, some people might not like being a table captain because they're not getting to eat all the entries and all that. But their job is probably more important than that judge sitting there marking scores because they have to make sure it goes right and the right scores go. And then they go to the input station, and that person has to make sure they're inputting them yeah. right too. And then you have a check on that person to make sure they were inputted right. I mean, all that goes into place that you don't think about. To make that judging happen, you need 36 judges. You need six table captains. You need volunteers for the turning table, volunteers for the scoring system, which really need somebody three, with a three, decent yeah. you know, computer skills, yeah. good eyes, and that's you know, organized to do that part of it. <clears throat> so you're looking at needing almost 50 people to run that back for a, for a contest our size, which is just a local little you know, Minimum, yeah. community contest. And it's all, you also need volunteers. And they're all volunteers. Yeah. That's the crazy thing because the judges, you ask them to sign up and ask them to be there, take a Saturday off. Your volunteers, you're asking to come. I mean, it's, I did. That's pretty tough getting all those. And so that's something I would suck at. <laughs> yeah, that's all <laughs> y'all because organizing people like that's hard. It is. It really is. Uh, we did arrange to get some Chick fil A lunch brought in for the volunteers. <laughs> And plenty of cold beer, right? Yeah, and plenty of cold beer. <laughs> See, at a regular contest, they don't provide lunch and provide beer and provide, you know, usually you get a bottle of water, crackers. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get, you know, you're going to get 24 entries yeah. probably that day or at least 18, but you're not going to get all the cold beer you can drink thanks to Clark Beverage. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think there was even some soft drinks. So. And a chicken, Chick-fil-A chicken yeah. sandwich. That's for the volunteers. That's for the volunteers. The volunteers get to drink the beer, too. Heck, yeah. Like, if I'm in there, I get to drink a beer? <laughs> Gosh, you're all right. We're Shell all- Law's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're also doing a Bloody Mary station that morning for the team. And donuts. And donuts. See, all that goes into making it a good contest I for the so cooks, too. for the judges, and for the volunteers. When you do that, when you have all those bases covered, people want to come back and they want to be a part of it, and your contest is going to grow. But when you're just doing it from a monetary standpoint, of let me get the teams in there, charge them a high entry fee, crappy bowling trophies, and then <laughs> don't care about your judges, and you know, and then and then you blow out, and all of a sudden you're just trying to count the money that you make. I mean, if it was about making money, we wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And I think that's the way all the businesses that they they don't sponsor and donate money because they're worried about you know making that dollar back. It's it's for the community, goes to a good cause, and you know of course they're seen and we announce their names and they're associated with the good time and all that. So it's really great for for everybody. How do you get those sponsors though? Um, blackmail. <laughs> you scratch my back I scratch your back Is that what you do? Or you just want them to scratch And you never had to scratch Yeah That's I prefer black. that way <laughs> No No you usually just have relationships with people and it's In businesses a, And it's a We just sent out an email We looked up all the Didn't we ask the chamber for a list of Yeah we of, printed uh, out and mailed yeah. Physically mailed yep. the notice But we, then we asked The businesses people. And then, then we asked You know we sent out an email Saying what we were doing and then we made phone calls or we knew people and asked. And most people were very receptive. And it's not always about money either. Some of it's just about donating because yeah. we, we do do goodie bags for the teams, for the kids, for the judges this year. And we want, you know, anything could be donated. I mean, it could be an ink pen. It could be a koozie. It could be whatever, gift cards. Some people that didn't want to give monetary but they had restaurants would say, man, we, you know, we'd rather donate some gift cards. We're going to raffle those off. Everybody gets a raffle ticket, gets a shot at a nice you know, gift card to somewhere. So there's all kinds of ways that you can get donors to help you out. Um, even, I guess, if you had a relationship with butchers and things like that, you could ask them oh, to yeah. give you discounts on the meat or a cost or even donate something. But we took it category by category and just asked, asked our sponsors, which one would you want to be associated with? And that's kind of how we set it up and made it you know easy for them to, to be involved. But I think it'll be a good time. It's going to be a little hot. I can't do nothing about that. Can't do nothing about that. But at this point, we've it's time to push that boulder down the hill. <laughs> We're here. It's here. So <laughs> if you're in the Hernando area Saturday, come by the Water Tower Fest. What time does it start? Not like what time the cooks get there and all that. What like, time does the – I have no idea. I would assume like 9, nine o'clock. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, like the craft fair and the kids zone and all that stuff. Because I believe, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. Like events for kids and things like that. And We're vendors just, selling stuff. And Last year they might have had a car show. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're doing that. Too. I haven't I seen know. anything about it. But there is a band playing. Mm-hmm. And I think, so we're planning on the barbecue being over by last turn ends three. And then we should have the, give us one hour to get the scores ready. And by four, we hopefully will be doing our awards Fingers crossed. On the on the courthouse lawn there, right in front of the courthouse, on the east side, and then the band plays a couple hours after that, right? Is that yep. right, Tyler? Do y'all know who's playing? Is it a local? I mean, I'm sure it's a local band. I don't. They're having one tonight. They've been doing this summer, or I guess it's fall series now, Thursday nights on the square. 
Yeah. There, it's like band local bands on yeah. the square. I'm a big fan of the one-day contest. Me too. I prefer that over a two-day any day. Heck yeah. It doesn't, you know. I mean, I get it. I know if you're cooking brisket, you're cooking pork butts, you need more time. But when you're just talking a rib shootout, maybe throw in the steak and chicken, you can so do all much that. more fun. Sleep in yeah. your own bed. One party all day long and then it's over. That's yeah, it. That's it. Get you somebody to drive you home, you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does. It deters the overnight party crowd. I think that's why the city wanted to move to that because there, there's been some instances people get a little, you know, these local contests, you can get a little rambunctious out there. I've been known to. <laughs> so this week you um, did a breakfast slider recipe. I did. That was, man. That's a good tailgate yeah, recipe. that's been good one to cook for Saturday. Yeah, it I'd would be. Cook about 200 of them. <laughs> Y'all know I love anything that I can like take a pack of slider buns and cut it in half and stuff it with stuff. That's all me. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? Stuff. So we were talking, I mean, we were, we've been on the football, you know, tailgate food, game day food kick. And I was like, this would be great for your early morning tailgates. Yeah. You could prep it the day before, bring it out, have a grill hot or cook it at home and take it out to the tailgate. And they're just little sandwiches. So I took, instead of using the Hawaiian rolls, I bought the savory butter ones. Yeah. Which, they're still Hawaiian brand. Yeah, it's still a Hawaiian brand, but they have a savory butter roll. And they're so and man, good. they are good. <laughs> like, it, it worked really good for this because it was like a breakfast biscuit, kind of yeah. a little bit anyway, texture-wise. And I took them and split them in half, of course. And then I cooked up some eggs, some scrambled eggs. I mean, it was there was no... Rider, I mean, how just regular Whatever standard eggs. If you want to put cheese in them, put cheese in them. But I'm gonna put plenty of cheese on it. But it was scrambled eggs, browned up some pork sausage, like breakfast sausage, and I chopped up some bacon, cooked some bacon, and kind of crumbled it up and chopped. I think I, I think actually cut cooked it in, it in thirds. thirds yeah. yeah, I cooked it in thirds, and so I layered it: bacon, eggs, sausage. Well, I think I put cheese first, and then kind of like started building. It. Yeah, yeah. Then bacon, then cheese, and sausage, and just stack it all up on this little sandwich. Put the top bun on, melt a half stick of butter, paint it all over the top, let it soak down in that butter roll. This is the extra butter roll at this point. <laughs> then I covered it so they wouldn't get too dark. I went ahead and covered the pan in foil. But if you're going to put it in the refrigerator, it'd be great to let that sit overnight. You could cover that in foil, put that pan in the refrigerator, do it in like a little half aluminum pan. And that way, when you take it out the next morning, just take it out and set it out for about 30 minutes, let it warm up or not. Stick it in 350 degrees, either on the grill or the oven. And then when the cheese is all melted and nice, usually about, well, 35 minutes. And I left it covered. Left it covered the whole time so it really cooks and gets some heat in there. Then uncover it and let it brown at the end, and it makes the texture of the top just perfect. They, You know, they're toasted a little bit, but they still have that buttery softness and Man, all that just went to the cheese, kind of top cheese and bottom cheese, glued the bacon and the sausages and the eggs together. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if you can make a better breakfast was, bite than that. It was really good. I prefer that butter roll over the Hawaiian yeah. roll. Ty, you even liked them, didn't you? I love yeah. them. Loved them. Yeah. Super good. I don't think I've had a, anything that you've put on a slider that I have not. That was what I was <laughs> telling Cheryl. I was like, I don't know if I've slid anything that, that's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you make a bad one? We joked around about the will it slide like thing. <laughs> <laughs> will it slide? I need to do it. Maybe it's going to take like 
Vine, you think I could make viney sausage? Will it slide? <laughs> viney sausage sliders. Like you could even do dessert on those little things. Like, there's oh, so many. Yeah, that's I'm, a good idea. Done dessert on them, I don't think. What would you do? Like a flavored cream cheese and like fruit? Yeah. On a sandwich? I could do that. I bet you could make a peanut butter jelly one. I hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah. A take on a peanut butter jelly slider. Put some bacon on it. Hmm. You also good. did a bacon-wrapped Italian sausage that you stuffed with cheese. That was a straight-up tailgate food. I love that one. I couldn't think of – I was trying to think of a good name for it, and I really couldn't get anywhere. Yeah, bacon-wrapped Italian sausage stuffed with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I called them – I think I called – what did I end up calling them? Bacon-wrapped stuffed sausages or just stuffed sausages? But what I did was I bought the hot Italian sausage, and it's like a brat. You know, it's yeah. case sausage, fresh, not cooked. Split it about three-quarters of the way. It's basically made a canoe. You don't want to cut it in half and hinge it all the way. But if you cut a slit in that case, and you can kind of take it and bust it open and widen it out just long enough to put um, string cheese in. And what I did with that is I, I bought just a regular old Kraft string cheese in a little peel, peel package. Mm-hmm. But I, one whole stick in a sausage would have been too much. So I took a knife and cut those lengthwise and then put half of one in each sausage. And then you can take that sausage and press it back together, and it just encompasses that, that yeah. cheese. But your casing's broke, so you need something else to wrap it. So I bought some thin bacon and just started wrapping it from the end. It took two pieces because you want to get it wrapped pretty tight. That holds most of it in. Now, you're going to get some cheese ooze. There ain't no way to stop that mozzarella cheese. it's not cheese that much. There. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. But, I, I mean, it got me to thinking I could have put some other stuff in there. You could have put some peppers in there, some onions, vegetables of some sort, spinach, whatever you wanted. You could have put inside that sausage and stuffed it and wrapped it back that. Yeah. And so once you do that, I, think about that. I seasoned them and put them on like a little uh, chicken rack just to where they wouldn't have to move them. Like I didn't want to have to toggle them and turn them and all that stuff. Season the outside with some the barbecue rub, put them on the pit, and just cooked them until the bacon was done. Uh, I want them 165 minimum internal, but really it's to when that bacon kind of gets brown and looks good because you want the you know you don't want just raw looking yeah, bacon. Yeah. You want the bacon done, and you want it to bite through too. Yeah, you want it to bite through. So it took I don't know Tyler was 35 40 minutes. It wasn't long. It wasn't long. I mean, I, th- I think that was right. He's looking at me like he don't remember. It's been a damn week since we cooked that. You're the I chef. Think it, I think it was. I ask you, he's my time man. That's the reason why I ask you. Tyler, start a timer. I don't, I don't know why I think you're going to remember it. But it was about 45 minutes, I think. Something like that. To, to, however long it takes to cook bacon on the grill. Um, I think I did those at 352. I just had the, I had the grill rolling that day. And then I put it on a roll. But you can't just throw that on a hot dog bun. Hot dog bun don't stand up to it. You got to use, and I buy these, is it Bunny? Bunny. Those rolls blew people's buys. They were like, where did you get that? The Bunny brand. sausage? Yeah, yeah. Broughton sausage roll. Mm-hmm. Did we show the package? I don't think we did, did we? I don't think we did. It's the Bunny brand. They're so good. Bunny brand Broughton sausage roll is what it's called. Because the hot dog just doesn't hold don't up get it. to mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get it, the peppers. <laughs> it don't hold up to the peppers yeah. and the stuff. So then we got to probably what Shell thinks makes this the blue plate mayonnaise. <laughs> and I did that for you. Of course, you could dress it whatever you wanted to. But I was like, I'm fixing to show y'all mayo goes with Italian sausage. It's so good. It gives it that creamy element. And I put it just right, right on the bottom of the roll and then nestled the sausage down and the mayo on the bread. <laughs> and then 
I took some, they were like roasted, fire roasted uh, bell peppers that you can buy in a jar with the pickle section or with the olives. So they're, I cut they those been, have they strips. been pickled? They're not pickled. They're kind of marinated. Okay. It's almost like in a little oil or something yeah, or water. Yeah. I don't really know what the brine or something, but it's not like a pickle. They're not really pickle flavored, but they're really tender and they have that roasted bell pepper flavor. So I cut those into strips and laid them on there. Now you could have sauteed some vegetables if you don't want to or put whatever. And then I hit it with the little horseradish mustard and man, the combo with the, the little bit of the heat and the tanginess from the mustard with the sweetness of the bell pepper and the sausage, the bacon and the crunchy, you know, the cheese and all that. And then the mayo on bottom. That's one of the better sausages you can cook. It really it is. Really good. Even with the horseradish. On oh, the yeah. Top, you don't even like the mustard, really, do you? I think I did it did that for me. It. Yeah, it did go yeah. with it, though. I think it gave it the pop or the, you know. Because yeah. I usually don't like mustard, and that was yeah. it, it went with along it. there, yeah. yeah. You needed it or something. I did see that um, Blue Plate is now the official sponsor of the New Orleans Saints. Are they really? That's crazy. Saints. No, why? Uh, because it's it's a New Orleans company. Football team needs a mayonnaise, but I'm down. <laughs> Do you don't think they eat a lot of mayonnaise in the Superdome? I guarantee it. Do you think they're the only guarantee. official mayonnaise of any football team? I don't know. I, I don't know. So. I bet Dukes is like the Carolina Panthers or something. <laughs> no, they're probably they're the not commanders. That cool. <laughs> <laughs> official mayonnaise of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Dukes. No, man, the Saints. And I'm, I mean. <clears throat> It's not the Vikings. I don't know what I, I'm going to. I'm going to start saying it's the official mayonnaise. It's Vikings. <laughs> Is it wrong for me to say that? No. I'm going to take a jar of blue plate, man. We're going up there next month, Minnesota. Come see me for your blue plate. <laughs> <laughs> they make me like a spokesperson. <laughs> I got to show up. Again. How are you going to get that through? Uh... I'm going to do a coat like Silent Bob. I'll have <laughs> a big trench coat. <laughs> have some blue plate in there. The squeezies, though. I can't have the jars. <laughs> that wouldn't work. I just need multiple. Or you can get one of those dispensers with the little oh, udder wow. on it, and you can put it and just squeeze have it. Have you seen those dispensers? Oh, yeah. I have. How would you would you go in to say, I don't know, Chick-fil-A and work like that that's the place I think they should be doing them. They love their cows. If they have one of their Holstein cows up there with their Chick-fil-A sauce and their mayo, and that's how you got butter. it. You had to squeeze it out. What? I mean Have you seen them? Have you not seen these things? Oh yeah, Tyler, it's a thing, man. It's like a dispenser it's a, that's uh, it's a bag. It's a bag. The, the condiment is in the bag, and then it comes down. And you know, used to you worked in a restaurant, point. they'd have the little bottle fillers where you had the, like the little speed valve. Mm-hmm. Well, this is it's like a udder with like a a tip on it, like a cake icing tip, and you squeeze it like you're milking a cow. So nobody's over there making eye contact, basically. I know, <laughs> but they're in they're in restaurants now, like for uh, Bar- customer use. Yeah. Yeah. They're not on the line. This is No, like, you think it would be back of the house stuff. Like it's weird enough you got cooks back there having to squeeze it. <laughs> but you get average Joe comes in, he wants some ketchup, he's got to squeeze on this thing. You get that one guy's having a hard day. <laughs> just going at it. <laughs> uh, like after the kids <coughs> <would> kill him. <laughs> and the kids are up there just you think they have a stool? Uh, it can't be hygienic at all. That's what I'm saying. Do you put on a glove to do that? Do they sanitize it very often? I mean, I don't know. 
got a lot of questions. Does it have some kind of probiotic to where you <laughs> peel it every time somebody after use? I just want to know what company was like looking at like the ones that you just pushed down and were yeah, like, what's wrong with that? We need to switch this the up. Pump. You know, we can make this better. Gravity. <laughs> and we squeeze it. And then they didn't even think, do you think that's a little weird? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen several times. What's wrong? You think something's wrong with, <laughs> with nursing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to see the creepy guys that there watch people do it. That's, the, that's what makes it weird. The guy over in the first booth over there. You can squeeze it again. <laughs> no, man, don't watch. I turn my back to him. Mind, mind your own business when I'm getting my catch up. Go in for the second ramekin. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I'm gonna be here a minute. <laughs> I'm work on this ketchup dispenser. I don't know, folks. Uh, I don't know. That's beyond me. How we got on this either? Um, I did have one other thing to bring up. What's that? I saw where the butcher shop Pensacola won the best of Bay. Oh, butcher and, award? Yeah, our business small business award. What? Yeah, um, I'm guessing the best of Bay butcher. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations! That goes to Kevin, and he deserves it. Yeah, I guess the best of Bay is the best of award. Yeah. you know, for their local town. So I, I would got, he would have got my vote. Yeah. So Definitely. congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Congrats the butcher Kevin. shop in Pensacola, Florida. So much y'all desire. check him out. Maybe he might have be having a big sale celebrating his award. <laughs> <laughs> y'all go check out his Facebook page. He's always running sales and stuff. So yeah. Make sure y'all follow him on Facebook yeah. for sure. One question. Let's fire. It was on our community. Let's get to cooking community page. Someone was asking, they're cooking a pork butt. Fat up, fat side up, fat side down. What what's your preference? I know what I like to do. Well, am I scoring it or not scoring it? I'm, they didn't say anything about competition. So, uh, oh, you're talking about scoring the fat cow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, let's say you're scoring it. I'm cooking it fat up. If I'm scoring it. Why? Aren't, why do you? Because I like it? it the way that fat kind of renders down and makes these little bites that are delicious, and you can pull them out like plugs and eat that fat cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so cooking it, cooking it unwrapped the whole time. And cooking it like that, and that fat renders, and some of it gets a little crispy, but it makes these little nuggets of when, bites. When on you top. talk about scoring it, you're going like you make a cross hatch. Like you, you take the pork butt and go at an angle, go knife. across one way, then rotate the butt, and then go back across those. And it makes like a little diamond pattern on it. And as those cooks, first it lets you open it up and put some rub all down in there in those little crevices. But it helps that fat render more because you've broke it. It's not just one solid piece of fat, and it renders down and it, and it just makes a delicious little morsel of a bite. It, now, what if you don't score it? If you don't score it, I'm probably going to lean to a fat down because that fat, it depends. I've always said this. It depends on the heat source on your smoker too. If your heat's primarily coming from the bottom, it's nice to have that buffer to keep it from drying the port butt out, to have it right there um, on the bottom side. But if your heat's coming from the top, depending on how your heat radiates in your smoker, um, it's nice to have the 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 fat up top, but I also like it flipped over to protect that bacon, what I call the bacon meat or those tubes that are up under there. Because when you cook them fat up and the fat's on top, it seems to want to dry them out. They, they're not as good, but if you flip them over, they stay just covered in that fat that's rendering in there. When you pull that meat out, it strings and it's perfect. And it's the best bite on a pork butt. If you've never had that, you need to look for pork butts with that big false cap on it. Usually if it's got a big layer of fat on top, it's got a pretty decent 
uh, false cap on it, but you can see it through the package a lot of times. And sometimes it only covers like a little corner of the butt, and sometimes it covers the majority of that fat surface. And it'd be like a thick layer of fat, that false cap meat, and then another layer underneath that. And the meat that's in between that sandwich layer, that false cap meat, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about bacon. It's like pork belly cooked, I mean, just it's perfect. Oh, it's so good. If it's cooked just right, you can take your hand and just skim that fat cap off the top. And get right to it. And get and slide right underneath and just pull that bacon yep. up. And when you cook it over, like fat down, it really helps that. you got to cook it to where it's done and rendered. If you cook it up top, it can dry it out if you don't have enough fat on those butts. So it just really depends. Either way is good. But. <laughs> Brian just told me he was getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about too much food. It's about <laughs> lunchtime, yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah. That's all I have today, Malcolm. We've got our... Water Tower Festival this weekend. If you're in Hernando, swing by, come down Barbecue Alley, get some good smells. Yeah, make some friends with some teens. <laughs> they're they don't they're not allowed to give out samples, but I bet you if you talk to them, there's probably people cooking all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. That's what they would do <laughs> me when I cook. <laughs> Y'all go find them. See what they got. See bushies out there. He was doing like bologna last oh, year and smoked sausage, and yeah, he had the pimento cheese smoked sausage. With the sweet, uh, sweet fire pickles on, he had all kinds of stuff going on. So, plus there's all kind of fair food and stuff. Oh yeah, oh, there's yeah. all kinds of vendors out there. It's gonna be a fun time. The weather's gonna be perfect. Get out and enjoy Hernando around the square. No, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us, Tyler. Tell them where they can find us. Make sure you guys join the Let's Get to Cooking community page on Facebook. That's where all of our like-minded pitmasters. You can post recipes, ask questions, all kinds of good stuff. And then also make sure you guys download our How to Barbecue Right app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. And Shell. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah. And of course YouTube. Any new ones? <laughs> Not quite. It used to just be one. Yeah, it's, it's quite a list now. You gotta be on all of them, right? You did send me this is interesting. You sent me a thing that was like the top ten social media sites. Ranked by college yeah. kids, yeah. What was number one? Spotify? Yeah. I was explain that to me. I don't I mean, it is a social site, I guess. I guess so. You YouTube share. was still up there. TikTok was still up there. Yeah. Facebook was like number 10. So I guess not many people on there anymore. But this is about college kids. Oh, okay. I got you. I got yeah. you. Well, well, hey, y'all. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. We will be back next week to do it again. Y'all have a great weekend. If you're in Hernando, come see us. We're gone.